Hello and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy and I'm yet another anime podcast host. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Uh, I'm still on a brief mini break from checking out new anime series as I try to catch up on the current seasonal anime. Uh, that said, we do have a new Naoko Yamada anime from Science Saru that came out this week, uh, which I haven't yet checked out. And the Star Wars Visions anime project comes out on Disney Plus next week, uh, which I'm going to cover that in the uh, seasonal recap uh, in the beginning of October. You know, Plus, we're starting to get news, speaking of, about which fall seasonal anime will be coming out when and on which platforms, including some surprising news that Netflix uh, may be moving to a more weekly model of release, at least in some capacity, maybe a week after the Japanese broadcast, uh, which is super interesting given their history of you know favoring the binge model. Uh, perhaps them seeing the power of Funimation and Crunchyroll getting merged uh, may have you know inspired them to try to you know get another edge within the market. In any case, uh, that put all that aside because this episode, again, in light of me still wanting to focus on the trying to catch up on the current seasonal anime with you know maybe like two weeks left to go before the end of the season, uh, you know, which I fell behind again while I was on vacation with family this past weekend, um, you know. Uh, let, let's do an annual show where I check in on what I've been reading in Weekly Sonin Jump and the affiliated magazines um, this past year. Um, let's pay homage to any series that ended as well as hyping up any new series that I'm excited about. Now, as a reminder, Weekly Sonin Jump is probably the most well-known manga magazine here in the West, uh, focused on manga targeted toward the shonen or young boys demographic. Uh, it's where we get classic series such as Dragon Ball, JoJo's Bazaar Adventure, Naruto, One Piece, and many, many more. Uh, they're obviously not the only manga magazine around or even the only shonen magazine around. However, due to their longevity and their track record, their well as well as their well-received high-budget anime adaptations, and of course, the new digital offerings, uh, making market penetration within the West much easier than ev ever uh, for many, especially more casual fans. Like I said last year, and I'll say it again this year, Sonin Jump is manga. Uh, with that being said, and why I'm focusing and, and trying to understand why I focus on Sonin Jump, um, let's dig into what the actual contents of the magazine are. Currently, Sonin Jump has 21 series, uh, one of which is the Evron Hiatus Hunter Hunter, the other being Tito Kubo's infrequent one-shot chapters of Burn the Witch slash Bleach, which we'll get to in a little bit later. So let's say there are about 19 regular series uh, on a regular basis, uh, roughly weekly or so with some breaks here and there. First, let's recap the series that you know I already talked about last year, and that were in the magazine this time last year, uh, and you know, and specifically those that survived, and which ones, and which ones have since ended, uh, from the oldest of their first chapter to the newest. So, of course, One Piece is still hanging in there. We're, you know, it's been hanging, we're still in the middle of the uh, Wano arc. Uh, legitimately been in this battle going on with Kylo's crew for the past year or so. Um, that being said, I couldn't enjoy it more. We're getting lots of fan service in, in different battles. Um, we're also getting up to the 100th Tankobon volume to be released, I believe, earlier this month, um, as well as the 1,000th episode of the anime, which are sure to be landmarks. Uh, let's see, My Hero Academia from 2014 is also still around, uh, and while I gave my thoughts on how I felt the anime adaptation was getting a little bit mediocre, um, the, at least as far as the manga goes, I'm still keeping up with it, um, even if I kind of put the anime on hold. Uh, the most recent arc has Deku, Deku uh, entering his Sasuke phase, uh, if you know what I mean, uh, with some killer sick artwork uh, that definitely was reminiscent of a certain, you know, definitely some more Western uh, comic, uh, comic hero influence there. 
Now, it's kind of wild to think that Black Clover is now the third oldest regular series in the magazine, having started back in 2016. I remember when it was considered the new kid on the block and successor to the big three, um, you know, you know, of, of Naruto, One Piece, and Bleats. Um, and now it's one of the new big three. Now, I can't say I'm fully following the thread or keeping track of who's who in the latest arc of the manga, but hey, the art is always nuts to see. Um, now, then we also have 2017's Dr. Stone, which kicked into hyperdrive, you know, some of the super ballsy twists I didn't see coming in the past year. And, you know, going into hyperdrive even more with some of the scientific developments, uh, almost a bit too fast in some cases, if you ask me. That being said, Suika has proven herself to be best girl for sure in the manga. Uh, not going to say more than that for spoilers, um, but yeah. And then for the last two non-2020 starters in the magazine, which I haven't yet read, uh, we have Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which, yes, I know, I sort of read that after the, the manga adaptation, but you know, I feel because it was so good, I wanted to just keep on, you know, keep on reading, keep on waiting for the anime to come out. Um, and we also have Misun uh, Yozakura Family, which um, I just never got on, and because of the way Manga Plus works, you can't, it's hard to go back to read earlier chapters. I know I could find it elsewhere, but um, really haven't had a real need to at this point in time. Uh, so, yeah. Now, before we get to the series that started in 2020, um, let's talk about some of those series before 2020 that ended uh, that were that I talked about last year. So first up, we have 2017's We Never Learn. Um, this one ended shortly into 2021, the third or fourth volume, uh, weekly volume of the magazine. Um, as I mentioned last year, they were doing what I think is the unprecedented move of having each of the five main girls in this harem series get their own ending route, which you, know, you could consider to be the canon ending of your choice. Uh, and the final chapter even gave us a what if slash Loki style multiversal ending uh, if you've been watching that Marvel TV series to understand that reference um, where the author basically left it up to your interpretation on how the series ends who which girl he ends up with heck you know including any of the other female side characters yes that means the hymn route is canon you can't tell me otherwise and of course, we have the big series that ended in 2019, uh, for, that started from 2019 and ended in 2021, Chainsaw Man. Words can't really describe how the, the appeal, right? It's an experience you just have to go through yourself. Um, it's a wild roller coaster. It's very bloody. Um, luckily, it, you know, if you are averse to reading for whatever reason, though, you really said the art is amazing. Uh, Studio Mappa has confirmed that they are working on the anime adaptation, uh, probably coming out sometime next year. No date for set for sure. Um, but if it's as good as the Jujutsu Kaisen animation, oh boy, uh, it's going to be crazy. Now, so go read it. It is a very short 97 chapters. Respect to Fujimoto Sensei for ending the series where he wanted to, since he easily could have milked it uh, to go on much longer. Um, supposedly, the ending you know, is setting up for a season two or whatever uh, of Chainsaw Man, but no real word on when that might be. And he's been working on other projects, which uh, you know we'll, we'll talk about again later this episode. All right, so out of the 16 series that started in 2020, uh, by the time I did this episode last year, uh, there were there are currently six remaining, uh, plus Burn the Witch's irregular release schedule. Uh, of the 15 regular series, uh, four had already ended by the time I had this episode last year, so I'm not going to talk about them. So at least 11 more we have to talk about. Um, six are still running, while five others have ended. First, those that remain, right? We have Undead Unluck, which I talked, at least I talked about last year. Uh, Undead Unluck, which you know has been consistently excellent. Uh, I will admit the overarching story about the end of the world and time loops and whatnot is somewhat hard to keep track of sometimes. Uh, but the moment-to-moment -moment action is just really a delight to see manifest, especially with the crazy strategies they end up with. 
uh, Ayakashi Triangle is unrepentantly horny. Uh, it's almost impressive how much Koyotaro uh, Yabuki gets away with in this magazine, but I guess you sort of expected that from the illustrator of To Love Rue. And what's more impressive is that you know the story, separate from the plot, uh, actually has a pretty decent plot uh, on its own. Uh, so props to him for being able to pull that off. Um, I'm also really glad that Magu-chan, God of Destruction, has survived a year of serialization. Uh, the antics of these impossibly kawaii, chibi, eldritch beings uh, and the growing cast, you know, it seemed like they were maybe adding a bunch, you know, just trying to, try to stave off uh, cancellation for a while, but they were able to, to hang through there. And, you know, it adds a much-needed palate cleanser uh, in some, some weeks. But in other weeks, you know, it also gives you an emotional gut punch sometimes right in the feels. And then, of course, we also have Masley, Magic, and Mute Muscles, Me and Roboco, and High School Family, uh, those three comedy gag series I don't read myself. Uh, and then there were five other series that have ended, uh, you know, uh, four of them, you know, four of them uh, that I did not read, uh, A Gravity Boys, Mori King, Our Blood Oath, and Phantom Seer. Um, one I did, though, I like to give a brief eulogy for for its ending, uh, Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. It was a manga by Ryuhei Tamura, the author most well known for Beelzebub and Hungry Marie. Uh, starting off as a bit of a gag comedy series involving a uh, 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 the hard-boiled cop Samajima and his partner, the humanoid dolphin Orpheus, uh, they end up taking care of a young girl Chaka, who's the victim of a cult kidnapping. As the series went on, though, you know, it's it again, it started off mostly as like a gag series, um, but as with Tamura's other series, slowly shifted toward a more typical battle sonen series, which unfortunately meant it couldn't really fare, you know, going full comedy as with the other gag series. Uh, but neither could it also compare, you know, as intensely as the battle series in the ma magazine, which is the same. You know, he has some decent artwork for sure um that being said you know the last arc you know about 10 chapters or more uh 15 chapters i think uh, about you know out of the 43 chapters um so about a full third of the series ended up being about a half flashback uh which i couldn't really fully follow along unfortunately and it really didn't the, the pacing wasn't really the best move but at the very least you know the editorial staff you know saw fit to give him a chance to give a decent ending to the series after four volumes um so, you know, farewell to Hard World Cup and Dolphin, but I will, I know I'll always be down to check out whatever work he is, uh, even if, you know, after the past couple of times, I don't anticipate it to last uh, that long. Uh, anyway, that's all the 2020 series, uh, but what about the new series that started in 2021? Now, by this time last year, 2020 had seen 15 new series plus Burn the Witch uh, start. Uh, in 2021, by this time, you know, through through September, uh, we have a bit of a down year. We've only had 11 series start, uh, including two of those actually starting at the end of 2020 after, you know, after this episode aired last year. Um, so, you know, uh, you know and, and one of those literally came out, uh, is coming out the weekend this, ep this episode comes out, which I have haven't really read so you know say call it maybe like nine actual series uh, within the uh or you know call it eight actual series so far um part of that is you know a lot of a lot of 2020 series hanging in there which means there's fewer slots opening up for new series but in any case, let's look at some of the 2021 series that did not make it through the year first. Uh, first off, we have Build King, uh, which actually started at the end of 2020. Uh, it was the latest attempt from mangaka uh, Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro, uh, the mangaka of Toriko. Uh, it basically follows the same formula of taking some mundane concept of everyday life and mirroring it with a crazy Australia-like world where everything in nature is associated with that concept and also wants to kill you. Uh, in Toriko, it was finding ingredients of crazy-looking, very dangerous wild beasts and environments. Here here it's building as the concept as opposed to cooking, uh, like literally building house, finding building materials for houses that would literally want to kill you. In fact, sentient houses that would want to kill you as you harvest their ingredients to build your own house. Um, 
uh, except the main character is terrible at building things and is really only good at using his hammer to destroy things, but he'll use this destructive power to, quote, uh, build a peaceful world. A bit of a stretch there. Uh, this one lasted 20 chapters before being canceled in the middle of their equivalent of the tune-in exam, uh, which, you know, honestly, I wasn't too disappointed to see this one go. The concept of building, I think, is a, li- a little bit less universal than 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 eating to be fully relatable um, and then you know his art style for whatever reason I didn't, didn't, didn't work this time around you know I think in a similar issue to Kishimoto you know Naruto's uh, manga cause with well, his second series Samurai 8 where foreground characters started to blend into the uh, you know very dense backgrounds which somehow Toriko was able to avoid I don't know why, why that wasn't the case here um, and then the combat system was also a little bit developed a little too late um, and also a little bit way too complicated with how fast they tried to do it I mean they were trying to say oh you have a different color aura um, but you could couldn't really tell that there were six different kinds of aura because they all literally were in black and white in this magazine. So um, it just didn't really work, unfortunately. But that's Build King. Uh, next up is a, even a bit more of a of a, um, a train wreck, uh, Itel C. Now, first off, I have no idea what Itel C was supposed to mean, uh, but this one was supposed to be a new mystery manga featuring a detective who basically falls in love with her suspects in order to obsessively stalk them in order to arrest them, uh, also by creeping them out, making them want to turn themselves in. Kind of messed up, but you know, I'll grant them it's a unique premise. Unfortunately, it seems that it just wasn't that well received uh, early on, and so the uh, the manga tried to pivot midway through and uh, you know reassign this detective and her partner to another division that was supposed to be more conventional and then there also was like this weird backstory of how she became obsessed with, with villains like this um, but yeah I, I gave up around this time when when they kind of jumped the sark and tried to pivot 180 into something else that it wouldn't turn out to be it was very much a desperation move that you know definitely didn't pay out um, again I don't really have much more since I just dropped this at some point um, if you want to hear more about it you know my friend's uh, podcast The Dying Message Podcast Podcast, uh, did a deeper dive into the first few chapters of this manga. Definitely make sure you check them out and tell them we said, said, said hi. Now, we then had a Nine Dragons Ball Parade. And honestly, you know, one thing we're really missing in Jump right now, I think, is a good sports series. Uh, what, you know, Haikyuu ended last year, and there's been a void that, need, that needs to be filled. So I think this was, I, I believe, the editorial team's attempt at finding that new series. Now, given Japan's, like, Japan's legacy of a baseball manga and anime, though, it's, it, it, this series always had a lot to live up to. And the premise is that, you know, there's a super elite high school team who are perennial contenders for Koshien, uh, these high school summer basket, baseball champions. Uh, Tamo Akazukida is an incoming freshman who's always dreamed of being part of the team, but kind of histor- like you know historically has had a pretty scrawny build. So you know he spent a lot of time training up. You know not to the point where he's a superhuman, right? He's still kind of below average when it comes to skill, uh, physical prowess, but he developed his data collecting skills to be as informed as he could about his rivals to kind of come up with counterplay strategies to beat them. Now. Oh, during tryouts, you know, he makes a, he develops a, a rapport with a you know genius pitcher, um, and, and they form an impressive battery uh, in tryouts, basically beating out some of the other contenders. Um, however, he ultimately does not receive uh, an, an invitation to the team uh, because you know they, they ended up you know having analysts of their own, and you know they they want you know super skilled physical athletes who can execute on what those analysts come up themselves. Don't come up with their own strategy; just follow ours, right? So it's, it's a case where like you know his his strategy um, to try to get in ended up being the very reason he was cut. Um, now, the pitcher was invited, but he ends up turning down this invitation and promote, proposes to his catcher that, you know, they make their own team to you know end up going to compete at Kosian, right? Um, however, you know, this late in the high school recruiting process, it's kind of hard to get, uh, you know, good, good, a good, good bunch of 
teammates. So, you know, what they end up doing, though, is they end up using his skills as a data gatherer to, you know, find the potential recruits who, you know, while they are skill, extremely skilled maybe in, like, one particular area, maybe either have flaws in other parts of their game or um, have some other extenuating circumstances that made them just not be recruited by anyone else. Uh, for example, they find a slugger, you know, a, a hitter who is, for some reason, has turned down every offer he's received. Uh, it turns out that he, you know, he has financial reasons to, you know, he has to help take care of his family's store while his dad's been injured. Uh, so he doesn't really have time to go to practice. So, you know, what the team does is they end up, you know, spending some of their own time to help him out, uh, to free up time for him to be able to do practice. And they, it, it all works out in the end, right? Um, you know, in, in another and in another case they had like they found a genius shortstop who is so self-centered at wanting to be the star player that you know, they end up not being a good team player and frustrating everyone else who's you know kind of average talent around them right um and so you know they use his, the the pit, the catcher strategy to make you know genius game plans that you know let this pitcher feel like he's he's the center of attention while also subtly helping him you know work better with everyone else um so yeah, you know, this is basically Moneyball, but you know, the high school baseball edition. Um, you know, basically using like these numbers and, and stats to try to, you know, figure out a way to, you know, get an edge where no one else is looking. Now, unfortunately, um, at the pace at which they were collecting uh, new teammates, it basically meant that you know they, it was taking a real long time to get to the actual games. So you know, you could tell they were starting to be rushed. Right? I think like you know they, after maybe like the third, like the third or fourth uh, player that they added to their nine-man roster, you know, it's in the title of the, of the game. They added on a couple of you know ra- like you know some other people with some quirks and also some real pure randos, right? Um, from from their school who didn't really have any special standout abilities because they were definitely rushing to get to the games. Um, and you know, unfortunately, I think it was a little bit too little too late you know they did try to introduce the big bad of the series the head of the team that rejected them in the first place um but you know they also had the time skip over the training arc which i think was something i was really looking forward to so you know it was just a case that you know unfortunately i think this one was paced a little bit too slowly which is the same i wish it had that time to breathe and develop its concept and get to the point where i think really think this could have had something special there um so yeah uh this is the series i wish had made it but unfortunately ended up not getting there so uh, maybe maybe he'll get his uh, the the manga manga we'll get a chance uh, some other time. Uh, finally, we have Candy Flurry. Now, this one uh, was set in a world where, you know, there are power users who can control uh, candy, and Tokyo was partly destroyed by a lollipop user. Allegedly, only one person can have a particular power at a time, uh, so when our protagonist, the sweets-loving uh, Tsumugi Minase, is still to have a lollipop power herself, you can kind of see where this is going. She falls on the suspicion, um, and she wants to make the world not afraid of seats anymore, so she has to go and apprehend and commit, and whoever committed the crime in the first place those years ago, while keeping her own power under wraps from essentially a supernatural police force. While this one started off seemingly as a you know pretty straight up battle action series with a you know fairly unique power set, I think it had the same problem as Hard Boiled and uh, Cop and Dolphin. Opposite if similar, right? Um, it this hard this straight up battle series ended up developing a much more comedic gag side to it with you know just the the quirks or the ca- or the personalities of these characters that they were introduced being you know more for gags than actual uh, actual you know personality development um, and, and to set up like these weird, you know, like weird dialogue exchanges in the middle of battle. Um, which, you know, at that point, again, it comes to watered-down battle series, but also not quite on full funny gag. Uh, so as a result, this one lasted a quick 19 chapters only before ca- being canceled literally last week. So yeah, that's the veterans, uh, you know, the new kids on the blocks and those who survived their freshman years as well as those that didn't. So, you know, obviously this is still 2021. And so what about the series that premiered this year? 
Well, end of last year, we saw the start of Sakamoto Days by Yuto Suzuki. Uh, this is his first serialization. He had a couple of one-shots before, but man, I see his potential being a pillar of jump for a couple years to come. Uh, you know, it, it's been at the front of the table of contents multiple times this year so far, which is a really good sign. So Sakamoto, you know, he seems like a typical konbini manager, you know, a little chubby, uh, a little bit of a doting father and husband who really isn't a man of many words. Um, if, you know, he doesn't really speak much, if at all. However, he also has the secret past of being a top assassin in the underworld, but he's left that all behind, much like John Wick did. However, the underworld has a way of not letting go, and various assassins with grudges uh, keep coming after him. Just wanting a peaceful life for his family, Sakamoto is always discreetly taking care of things uh, while also following his wife's family rules of no more killing. Now, pausing right here, uh, this kind of mixes the hyper-competence of John Wick uh, accent uh, versus, you know, the comedy of Way of the House Husband, um, where he uses, you know, everyday objects to just kind of, like, relive his assassin life life uh, in a very, like, you know, uh, benign manner to some degree. Now, that, that, there's also that, that sense of a contrast, like this portly old guy using buttons flicked with superhuman strength to disable whoever's tailing him uh, is super great. It honestly feels a little bit like a one-punch man situation as well. Uh, and of course, you know the supporting casters adds to this as much as as well. Uh, to help with Sakamoto's mostly being mute, uh, we the, the listeners communicate with him through Shin, uh, his former partner who is an ESP user who communicates via telepathy. And then later we have Lou, the daughter of a triad who fell in love with Sakamoto's pork buns. Uh, both of them end up becoming employees at the Konbini, uh, and so they're part of the family as well. Now, if it was just a simple gag manga with cheap drawings, it'd be one thing, right? And, 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 and it, is, it is primarily a gag series. But there are also times when the character art, especially for anime bosses, just they go super grimdark and menacing with hints of a larger story. And again, there are moments when someone's able to push Sakamoto to kind of unlock some percentage of his former power. And you, again, you get those like Saitama One Punch Man moments of him just being an absolute monster, um, you know, kind of slimming down out of nowhere. Um, definitely one of the highlights in Jump for sure. It's very hard boiled. Uh, if you if you know, you know. Now, next up, we have The Elusive Samurai, uh, the latest work from Yusei Matsui, the mangaka of Assassination Classroom. Honestly, I don't know how, I, I didn't know it was him for like uh, half a year that I read this, uh, but I couldn't help but think there was something familiar with the art style, which sort of clued me in. Uh, anyway, The Elusive Samurai follows the story of Hoyo, um, Hojo Tokiyuki, a real-life historical samurai uh, who was set during the Bafuku Warring States period of Japan's history. Uh, this is a reimagined alternative where he as a child flees after his family is overthrown with the help of a shady priest who has the power to see into the future uh, as far as modern Japan, allowing him to make references to you know modern society. Uh, skilled in only running away and not much else, uh, Hojo must build an army of retainers and vassals to support him as as he seeks revenge uh, and regaining his family's glory. Uh, honestly, early on, this one didn't really seem like it was going to stick around, but uh, I kept reading along, and in the last three arcs or so, he's been know, actively recruiting new vassals, and he's gotten really into the military tactics of small-scale skirmishes that has, you know, been when the series comes to life, you know, plus the really bizarre, uh, like, you know, it's, it's not like the, the characters here are super supernatural, superhuman, um, but they do definitely have, like, exa very exaggerated uh, character designs to reflect, you know, their, their particular prowess in combat so um again very distinct visual style now that, that i think about it i couldn't i don't know how i didn't see it initially um you know and, and plus you know the 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 main title character who's you know again terrible at everything except running is able to you know take this one talent and use it in a way you know as introduced by his vassals and so on to you know develop into this own supernatural fighting style uh you know which is i think a brilliant piece of writing so why well, wouldn't put it on the very very top of series i'm looking for every week um, it's 
definitely somewhere in the mid tier that I'm definitely happy to have stick around for a while longer. Uh, now, Witch Watch is the next series, a manga from Kenta Shinohara, uh, who wrote Sket Dance, which I, you know, frankly have never read. Um, this one is like a fantasy rom-com following a witch, Nico, who, after finishing her magical training, moves in with her childhood friend, uh, the human-looking ogre Morihito, uh, with the intention of turning Morihito into her familiar, um, as is tradition within their families, um, and also, hopefully, for her, uh, becoming a romantic partner. Uh, magical hijinks ensue as she uses her powers to help those around them, causing shenanigans, um, as well as recruit more allies such as a Tengu and Werewolf, all while trying to get closer to Morihito. Plus, you know, there's apparently some sort of plot and, and prophecy about someone trying to attack her, which has Morihito be on guard to protect her. Um, so yeah, I think, again, this, I was a little bit lukewarm early on with the problem of the week scenario and, and kind of, again, gag manga type situation. Uh, solved by magic, being a little, you know, a little bit of a sipping tease on the side, being a little bit dull. But, you know, as more side characters became introduced and a larger be conspiracy became apparent, well, it never let go of its levity and in fact there are cases where you know spells introduced in those gag manga chapters early on came back to be crucial uh you know plot points in the uh and, and techniques used in in actual battles um it really has raised my interest so um you know i would say this is probably most likely to be dropped or, or one of the closest to be dropped uh in the near future but you know given the pedigree of the mangaka and how it's been allowed to breathe so far and find its footing um this could also potentially go to distance i would say it's 50 50. Now, Blue Box is a romance series that people seem to have hyped uh, with a hype for uh, with the death of badminton sports thrown in. So maybe that's another answer to uh, you know the lack of haiku. Now, unfortunately, you know for 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 whatever reason, I get I think the romance that's that, that's the core center of this this series really hasn't clicked in me for whatever reason after the first chapter. So I haven't been reading along. But if you do like romance, uh, you know I would definitely give this a check out. It's definitely been well received. Now, you know, kind of some of the more recent ones, uh, we have Hunter's Guild, Red Hood. Uh, this is a fantasy action series set in the fairy tale world of werewolves, where the Red Hoods are a guild of hunters who use magic and sonin supernatural abilities uh, to fight werewolves. Our protagonist is Velo, whose, you know, his small town, his hamlet uh, in the first arc, is subject to werewolves, and they call upon Grimm, uh, who is sent from the guild to help deal with the issue. Now, uh, I'm not going to spoil too much, but we're currently in the second arc where Velo is undergoing training to see if he can enter the Hunter's Guild. And we're in the equivalent of their Tunin exam right now. Um, or rather, you know, I think the Bell Training exam, rather, would be more accurate. Now, I think the world building on this is honestly probably my favorite of the new series so far. And there's a lot of potential, I think, in the intelligent battle strategy stuff going on. Plus, you know, we're, we're, we're reimagining familiar tropes of fairy tales in a, in a more grim, pardon the pun, uh, scenario. So, you know, I think that's pretty genius, and, and I'd love to see this one stick around. Um, you know, it, it's still too early to see whether it sticks around, but I do hope this one can go the distance. And has a happy ending. Uh, and then finally, less than a couple of months old, you know, we have Nehru, uh, Way of the Martial Artist. This one follow, follows Nehru, uh, a, a martial art junkie who with no ambition in life, uh, who ends up learning about a high school where you can focus on nothing but martial arts. I don't remember the last, you know, really good martial arts manga that I've seen serialized uh, beyond those with supernatural powers. So this one has me really intrigued. Again, it's a little bit too new to see if it sticks around, but for what it's worth, I do like what it's going uh, and what they're setting up, right? Like a school with eight different disciplines of martial arts uh, with really great art I think uh, of, of the combat we've seen so far um, and, and you know not only the main characters who's, who's a battle junkie but you know all the rivals for him uh, to have to either work with or work against or, or some combination of the two 
And then finally, we have uh, PPP, PPP, uh, which again, I literally have not read yet uh, since it's come out as I'm writing this. But, you know, apparently it's a music series about the piano playing siblings. Um, I guess this time next year we'll know what I end up thinking about it and if it ended up sticking around. So in addition to these series, um, I normally don't take track of one shots, but you know there are a couple this year that stand out to me worth mentioning. Uh, first off, you know shout outs uh, to the various One Piece crossovers from other uh, jump uh, mangaka. Um, for example, we have the Nisekoi mangaka who made a chapter, um, as well as the Food Wars art Food Wars artist. I think uh, maybe not this year, but maybe a couple of years ago, uh, we had a crossover with the Doctor Stone artist as well. Now, you know, we first off, you know, as far as one as as one shots, uh, we have 3D Kubo returning with a chapter of Bleach for its 20th anniversary, which makes me feel really old when you think about it. Um, anyway, this one focuses on the aftermath of the series, some years set in the future, not only featuring a grown-up Ichijo uh, and the captains and co-captains of Solo Society that we know and love, but also Ichigo and his kid and his friends' kids, as well as some all new character designs within the captains and co-captains. Uh, there's definitely a bit of fan service, uh, you know, to that, but you know. Uh, Kubo's roughly annual Bleach Universe chapters, including Burn the Witch, uh, definitely shows that he still got it. And I'm curious to see if this might be a model to help him return. Um, if you remember, you know he was kind of rushed story-wise on the weekly model. So if he has the chance to you know, really develop the story, you know, with with a couple months in between, I would totally be down for that to, to be a, 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 a regular thing in Jump. Um, but yeah, you know, we definitely see he still got it. And definitely looking forward to the next chapters and and where the story goes. Now, you know who else has still got it, though? Fujimoto-sensei. Uh, after finishing Chainsaw Man earlier this year, the Madman decided to publish a 143-page one-shot called Look Back, published on Jump's uh, online platform on July 19th. Uh, this one features a story about an aspiring mangaka artist and how she's inspired by others, as well as a look back at alternate paths uh, she could have taken in pursuit of her art. Now, notably, this released on the anniversary of the 2019 Kyoto Animation Arson Attacks, with a scene in the manga being re very reminiscent to that. Uh, some online sleuthing uh, and reading between the lines suggests that you know Fujimoto Sensei was really in fact impacted by that tragedy and kind of like you know what it says about the manga and anime industry as a whole. Um, and this is his way of trying to process that tragedy. It's an incredibly cinematic one saw that really deserves all the claim and praise it's getting. Um, I believe you know it it's getting a one volume Tankobon volume being published after being read four million times online in a single day um, and trending on Twitter globally, which is just bananas. I can barely do it justice on. This audio format, so I strongly recommend you read it for yourselves. Uh, at the very least, check out some of the anti-tubers who have been talking about it, such as uh, the Anime Man or Mother's Basement, who break down you know the panel flow and such. So that's everything published in Sonen Jump uh, proper. However, as I mentioned, Sonen Jump has some sister publications, and most notably uh, the digital uh, platforms, uh, which here in the West is Manga Plus, and how we get access uh, to some series that appear on Jump's digital sister magazine, Jump Plus, uh, such as Look Back, but also, you know, some I mentioned last year, Spy Family and Kaiju Number no. 8. Uh, you know, again, both of those worth checking out as well. I'll admit I kind of fell behind on Kaiju Number no. 8 uh, because, you know, it releases on a date different than the other, you know, on the weekend of the regular Sonin Jump manga weekly series. Um, but, you know, Kaiju number 8 ended up being the first place winner of the uh, next uh, the next uh, manga awards, uh, which, you know, I was clued into by the Trash Taste After Dark stream. Um, and it ended up winning, you know, first place for the web manga category, which, you know, prompted me to go back and check it out. Um, in addition, you know, the aforementioned Sakamoto Days actually also received an honorable mention uh, for the print manga category. 
That, that said, there were some other Jump Digital manga that got some accolades as well. Uh, second place in the web manga category was da, uh, Dan the Dan, uh, which is a paranormal science fiction mystery action series uh, featuring a space alien otaku and a girl who believes in ghosts, uh, who, and they both dare the other person to prove that their you know, respective obsession doesn't exist. A twist they do, and they awaken to superpowers as a result. Uh, it's a really wild, wacky adventure, which you know has some degree and has some very grim, dark elements to it, uh, which would be expected. I think of that given that the, the mangaka Tatsu uh, Yukinobu was an assistant uh, to Fujimoto Sensei uh, for Chainsaw Man, so you definitely see that lineage here. Uh, the other Jump Plus series that I just started this week, actually, uh, after after happening upon it by coincidence, is a series called Diamond in the Rough, uh, which is a fantasy adventure series set in a world where magicians can draw out powers from rocks and gems. Again, it's still super early on. I'm only two chapters in. I have about eight published so far, but this one also seems promising. Now, obviously, there are a lot of other manga out there, both in the Jump family and otherwise. Um, you know, for example, I, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm. Uh I'm reading two of the uh, the winners of the print manga category for the next Jump Manga Awards. Uh, we have uh, Oshinoko, an expose is on the uh, Japanese entertainment industry by the same author as Kaguya-sama Love is War. And also the third place winner, Freeren, Beyond Journey's End, which follows the elf Freeren as he grapples with the near, her near immortality as life goes on after a 10-year adventure with a human and dwarf adventuring party to kill and seal away the demon king. Uh, and kind of like the impact that that relatively small adventure her long lifetime would have on her. Uh, neither of those are in jump, but definitely I think something worth checking out. Um, and you know, as you know, I want to keep up with them uh, as well as you know all the fluffy romances and other popular series such as you know Boys Abyss, Destroy All Humans They Can Be Regenerated, uh, Grand Blue, Way of the House Husband, Ranger Reject, Hundred Girlfriends Who Really 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 Love You, uh, Ride on King, or the aforementioned Kaguya-sama a, a series, among many others. I'm not going to expose myself for everything I'm reading. Um, Previously, my modus operandi for doing this was to go to the R Manga subreddit and hope to catch all the new series as they dropped, um, new chapters. Um, however, you know, this led to, you know, one, when Mangadex, the kind of pr the, the leading uh, scanlation database site, went down uh, to try to, uh, you know, do some maintenance and rebuild from the ground up, it led to kind of like a, 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 a dispersion of a lot of the scanlation groups to building their own readers and so on, which made it kind of difficult to keep up. And also, you know, if I'm reading on Reddit and I see a new chapter is out, but I'm very busy at the moment, I don't have time to go read it at the time, you know, previously I would just save it in my saved post, but that would just end up, you know, causing me to lose the, the chapters I was I hadn't caught up on. Maybe I might miss a chapter if I'm not paying attention for a couple of days. Um, and I think it's all further behind. So, um, luckily, courtesy of the uh, TOF Discord anime community, which again, TOF is a content creator who focuses mostly on the Swiss Mass Brothers Melee community, but he also has some Weeb Wednesday, uh, Taku Thursday anime stuff. Um, really fun place to discuss anime uh, in his Discord. Anyway, free plug there um you know i was turned in this in this um in this discord to tachiyomi which is essentially an app that will help scan these databases and and read and reading sites uh for new chapters of series that you're following now it does take a bit of setup you know you have to go into the database download some extensions that interface with these databases uh and then you know select from these databases you know which series you're following which you know if a series is on multiple databases you have to make sure you pick the right one that's actually getting uploaded by the scanlation group 
But if you're able to, to navigate all that, you know, it's it's really great because Tatsuyomi will automatically scan through these every day or whatever period, whenever you manually scan them uh, and then let you know, hey, there's a new chapter here that you haven't read. I'll go ahead and download the images to your phone so that, you know, maybe when I'm lying in bed or maybe on the subway without much else to do because of, you know, no service, um, I can just pull them up and just read whatever I have saved whenever I have time. It doesn't have to be at the moment. Um, it'll automatically do it in the background, which is super great. Now, granted, I still, for discovery purposes, go to our manga every so often to try to see like you know, what's the newest stuff out there um but you know still I, I think that tandem strategy of using tatsuyomi to read and then you know our manga for discovery is a really great way to go um again it's where i keep track of the jump plus series that come out on other days of the week aside from the regular jump series um as well as you know other series that aren't you know don't have a western digital release otherwise from their publisher um so yeah definitely uh, recommend you check out tatsuyomi i'll include a link to that uh in the show notes and finally, you know, one last little bit of discussing point before we, you know, uh, finish the episode, going from digital again to print, um, I thought it'd be cool if we take a look at the rankings of sales for manga series according to the Oricon charts. Uh, Oricon is, is kind of like one of the uh, main trackers of, you know, just media sales in Japan. Now, I'm gonna put a, not going to put a ton of effort and get exact numbers here um, but, and to make sure they're fully up to date, but it's kind of interesting to see how things have shifted in the past year. Uh, for reference, I'm using the posts uh, listed on our, mo- our manga rankings, uh, so definitely check them out if you if you want. Um, now, if you remember prior to 2020, One Piece was basically annually dominated the sales since tw- 2008, um, you know, before, tw- before uh, 2020, when Demon Slayer, you know, after the killer anime adaptation, uh, ended up taking their place at the top of the charts with a stunning 82 million volume sold compared to One Piece's uh, 7.7 million, which actually was third place behind The Kingdom, which sold 8.2 million in 2020. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. One Piece only had you know two volumes into the normal four come out uh, last year, and you know obviously you know uh, Demon Slayer having the manga adaptation led you know people to instead of One Piece having people buy for what at this point. 20 plus years, 25 years um, of manga sales, you know, every month. And that's how it's gotten to where it is now in terms of total sales. Um, the fact that, that you know, Demon Slayer kind of had all of that sales in like a single year's time period, you know, really explains that differential here. Now, looking at the top uh, five uh, series so far of, on the Oricon charts, as of, let's look at the halfway point. So this is after June uh, 2021. Uh, in first place, you know, we still... Uh, we still have Kimitsu no Yaiba, you know, Demon Slayer, um, you know, coming in about 26.3 million volumes sold, but it's been losing steam, right? The only month uh, out of the, six, the 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 months so far this year where it's topped the charts was January, you know, right at the begin, right at the t- at the beginning of the year. Um, now, and also again, Demon Slayer did end in 2020, so it's kind of like the final volume coming out, right? So, you know. That being said, you know, with with uh, Demon Slayer being being starting to, to end uh, in February, March, April, and June, the number one selling series was Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which you know, def- which at the halfway point of the year has sold about 23 million volumes so far. No doubt, in part to the excellent anime adaptation from Mappa. Uh, that being said, May, July, and August went to another series, uh, which actually was a non-jump manga, Tokyo Revengers. Um, again, receiving a lot of hype because of its anime adaptation. Now, I've heard the anime isn't super great. It doesn't really add a lot to the story, um, but you know apparently the story itself is really good and best consumed in manga form, uh, which makes I guess explains the sales. Uh, with that, Tokyo Avengers does come in third, a bit a bit away from Jujutsu uh, Kaisen's twenty three million. It comes in at five million dollars, five million volumes sold for the year. Um, and that's followed by Attack on Titan and Chainsaw Man in about the four million uh, sales range, which makes sense given that both those series also recently ended, um, rounding out the top five. 
Now, notably, One Piece has dropped down to 2.5 million volumes sold this year. Last year, you know, it was only at two volume, again, two volumes sold, uh, one in April, one in September, which is partly why it was down uh, versus normally doing four a year. This year, so far, we have three uh, being sold, one uh, in uh, one in February, one in June, and then one this month in September, uh, which was, I don't believe, included uh, in, or even, I don't even know if the June was included in the halfway uh, sales for this uh, for this chart. Um, now, you know, the, the, notably, the latest chapter, the latest volume uh, from September is the 100th volume of One Piece. Uh, so we actually don't have the numbers for that in the sales. And I expect it to come back with a vengeance. You know, people wanting to buy the landmark 100th volume, maybe people who, you know, were waiting to, to do it to, to catch up. I also expect a lot of One Piece fans may be waiting for the Wano arc, the current arc, to be completed before going back and buying all those volumes at once. Um, we, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. In any case, though, One Piece is still at the top of all-time Manga sales, so no need to worry there. Um, it's at 490 million volumes sold over its lifetime, within striking distance of Batman's 500 million volumes sold, and still good for third best comic worldwide at all time, and definitely the best manga of all time. But yeah, all this to say, I think in addition to that, I should definitely check out uh, Jujutsu Kaisen uh, and probably Tokyo Revengers as well. Uh, and of course, you know, I also got to pay tribute to the late Ken Miura for his work on Berserk, uh, which may go unfinished uh, for the time being, but I still plan on going back to read again on Tachiyomi. So with that, I think that ends this episode. Uh, which manga from this past year have stood out to you? Um, either new series that came out this year or maybe old series you went back and discovered. Um, how, where are you reading your manga, right? Uh, is it you know all, all the best stuff on Sonen Zumbo or, or where else should I be looking? Uh, what recommendations would you have for me to check out? Uh, let me know on, on Twitter at YetAnimePod or via email at YetAnotherAnimePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow my anime list at NinjaBoy333, Boy With An I. Uh, we'll found on all the major podcast services, iTunes, Spotify, Google, play make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a very weeby friend about it uh if you want to support more directly consider supporting us on patreon links to all of that will be in our show notes intro and outro provided by suichi sakagami at tandas.com editing production by ninja boy media that's it for this episode we air on the first and third fridays of each month uh, next time on yet another anime podcast uh, we have the summer anime season recap uh if i can hopefully finish all of these seasons before in the next couple of weeks um plus we also will be going over you know the uh the Star Wars Visions uh, series coming out on, on Disney Plus. So you'll definitely look forward to looking at what hit, what didn't, what I ended up sticking, finishing through uh, in, in in summer 2021. Um, as before, we look into the uh, fall 2021 uh, anime season. Uh, but until then, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>